Hello, welcome to It's Literal, the pod. It's your girl, Brittany, and I'm here recording once again. I'm so happy to be here, y'all. Um, we're going to get started. We're just going to hop into everything today, and we might hop out of here a little bit earlier. I don't know. You know, I'm always into just jumping up out of here a little bit earlier. Um, so let's get into the productivity tip of the day. Um, I'm going to start off by talking about delegation. Um, as y'all know, I got a couple of businesses and stuff going. Um, I just bought a new house and I live alone. Um, I'm like transitioning from like my apartment to my house. So like that's super challenging. And I would just say like delegating is so necessary when you have a lot going on so making sure that you get the right people around you to help you ensure that everything works in a manner that you want it to work um, but within that you're going to have to pay your monies you can't be just thinking that people are going to do things for free um, I'll just give you an example um, like I said I just bought a house and I'm doing some renovations because I want it to be, you know, perfect for my aunt. And, like, my dad is my project manager. So he's managing all my projects because, you know, I ain't got no man. Well, I ain't a real man. <laughs> uh, and I have him over there. Uh, so any contractor that comes through, they have to go through my dad. Um, and I have contractors for everything. So I don't just have one contractor doing all my work. I have contractors to do my painting. I have contractors to do my drywall. I have contractors that come and pick up um, miscellaneous items that I have to remove, like some materials that I might have had to take out because I um, redid my entire basement. Um, so, yeah, I will say that delegation is important delegation helps you it helps the people that are working with you because it like my dad is a project manager and he likes to get a little dirty he likes to do things himself but if I left it to him the responsibility to do the hiring for all the contractors he would probably have been doing a lot more work on his own because he's like I'm not allowed to be paying these people this x amount of dollars because you know things have increased over the years prices have increased over the years and so when you want um a project done the correct way, even if you're hiring a project manager, you still want to make sure that you're, that you're hitting your budget goals. Um, some people might be like, okay, we're going to uh, slim this budget down, right? So you have a budget of 20 grand, but they're looking at that budget of 20 grand for the work that you want done. And they know 10 years ago that they was going to get that budget, that they'll get that work done with 10 grand. Um, and they might cut some corners, things like that. And I'm a fan of cutting corners. I'm not like, I'm not mad about anybody cutting corners. I think that that is something that you have to do. But um, when it comes to like quality work or something that you're going to have to live in or something that you're going to have to use for a long time, you a lot of times have to go back and repair those areas or enhance those areas that you might have missed out on because, you know, I'm big. I'm a big fan of like creating an MVP and then going ahead and creating the, the actual um, product that you want to push out after you've gotten some feedback. Um, I think that's the route to take. Nothing is ever perfect. I think perfection is a perfection is a figment of our imagination. And so many people strive for perfection, including myself. Um but I'm also self-aware, like I'm more aware than I guess the average human being is, is right now currently. Um, and I do know that perfection is like far-fetched. I just love to strive for it. <laughs> I know it's a little toxic, but it's something that, that we do sometimes, right? Us, um, us people that want to be at the top. Us people that perform at a high level. Or at least consider ourselves as high performers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's my biggest productivity tip. I think that has helped me a lot recently is delegating. Um, I've had to delegate in many areas. I'm considering delegating for this podcast actually, um, cause I want to do more as far as the engagement with it. And, um, I know that 
I was recently listening to someone, and she's a podcast producer, and she was talking about how podcasts don't grow um, as they should when they don't have a production team. So I'm considering, you know, building a team around me with the production of my podcast as well. So I think that that's also areas um, and an example that we can think about with delegation. Like I'm doing it by myself right now, right? But you all are listening and you're like, oh yeah, it can be much better if she had a production team behind her. So with delegation um, comes success sometimes if you're hiring the right people, uh, but it will take time. And you also have to share your success. So uh, that's another thing to think about. It's no longer just you. You have a team. You have people around. Um, So when you were making $3,000 for that job, now that you have two other people with you, you know, you're going to have to cut those costs down a little bit. You might not be splitting it evenly three ways, but you definitely have to pay people for their worth. So just keep that in consideration within delegation. I'm a big fan, like I said, of delegation. I think it's necessary. I don't see how people are operating without it. um, And I don't suggest anyone do. Now, I've had leadership before. Like I've, I've worked with leaders and I've worked with people that are poor delegators. People that take on, people that are like working directors or supervisors that keep growing in their position but don't know how to actually operate in their in their position or in their role um and so their delegation becomes more of a dictatorship because they don't know what they're doing they're not comfortable enough with directing and managing the day-to-day processes and a lot of times they end up taking on the work themselves um because they don't Either one, they don't trust the people that they are working with or they don't have the capabilities to give great direction. Um, they don't know how to document and or they don't take the time out to do these things. There's so many different combinations of poor leadership when it comes to delegation. And I'm personally fed up with it. I think um, poor leadership with delega- delegation is um, a sore spot for companies today. I think it is driving um it's driving managers to micromanage i think is one of those things that i personally am not a fan of if you're micromanaging me at this point in my career um i will probably just quit my job like please i'm at a senior level in my career at this point Um, If you're micromanaging me, then you have lost your marbles (laughs) and um, you're probably just trying to steal my like work processes and workflows and things like that. I'm just um, I'm at that point. I'm at that level of confidence that, okay, you're just trying to take from me at this point. You're not really monitoring me because I know exactly what I'm doing. So what are you doing? Um. So, yeah, I think that's the most productive if you have businesses like I have multiple businesses, um, as you all know, HistoryPathBookstore.com. Definitely check that out and purchase a book. Um, I am launching another business right now that I'm not going to even mention currently. And like I said, I just recently bought a house, which is an investment. Um, I am also going to dibble and dabble into the stock market uh, soon. And I want to talk a little bit about that moving forward. So we'll be adding that in into our conversations, um, just about like the stock market. My friend made a thousand dollars last week, just like day trading. Um, and he's made so far within this year. I mean, you know, it was odd. It's only January 7th and he showed me his books for a year today. And he had made $15,000. And I didn't even think about that until right now. Um, So I don't know what he does and how much money he makes every day. Because I'm thinking about that $1,000 that he showed me. And I'm like, did he make that last week or did he make that on Friday? I'm thinking he made that on Friday. But I don't know. He showed me his um, portfolio recently. And I'm just like, okay, I'm doing stocks. Like, I am going to get in stocks ASAP, like. I'm getting in stocks like this week 
and I'm going to purchase some. I'm going to start doing some day trading. I'm thinking about doing penny stocks firstly and then moving on from that. I don't know what's the most beneficial. Um, from like my friend, he told me that penny stocks have more risk um, and more reward, but you're like tra- like the, the dollar amount is lower, of course. Um, and then the other stocks, um, they trend their trend is a little bit more volatile, but they have less risk. Like their trend doesn't, it, it won't, it, you won't lose like 5% or 10%. I mean, you won't lose 10% in one trade. You might lose 5%, right, with the regular stock trading. But with penny stocks, you can lose like 10% with, in like one day. So um, that's how he explained it to me and, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm big on risk, but I'm usually good at things that are hard and like things that are easy. I'm like, okay, this is too easy. Let me make it more difficult. So I think I'll be decent at stock trading and I want to share you guys with you guys my experience moving forward. And it'll probably be better when I start doing visuals for the pod um, close to the end of the year. I mean, to the end of the month. I don't know what I'm talking about. End of the year. End of the month. I'll start doing visuals and posting the podcast on YouTube for you guys to watch and see me. And then, um, I plan to have some guests. I might have, uh, my man, my man, my man come on here this week. I'm not sure. I don't know what he's going to be talking about though. he be talking about, um, he be talking about some interesting things. So I don't know, but we'll see. But I'm thinking about having some guests on here, um, just to switch it up a little bit with the conversation, so we'll see. That might um, end up being a good segment for productivity tip. Um, bringing on some of my people that are super productive that can give us some ideas on how to stay more productive with like entrepreneurship or businesses or you know anything of that nature. All right, so we're just gonna move on, get on to the next topic. Um, so yeah, know I, I talk about self love is literal sometimes because that's my book. So I kind of um, wanted to mention that again today. So Self Love is Literal is my book. In the puddle, I saw Self Love is Literal. Um, you can order it off of Amazon. I plan to have it on my website soon. I've not done that, but I'm going to put it on my to-do list to put that on my website. Um, again, the book is Self Love is Literal. In the puddle, I saw it's on Amazon. And um, I just, I'm always trying to maintain good mental health. Um and coming into 2024, there are some things that I left in 2023, um, which is mainly like people and like the way that I allow people to treat me. I have been so passive the past few years because I've been like in my peace movement and I just haven't had the, I haven't had the, like the energy to fight, right? I haven't had the energy to be upset and the scream and the rant and you know you know do all, do the things um that really that really shows up as a fight as a conflict um as a battle and so for so many years it was just like okay I don't have the energy for this I don't have a fight in me and that's where I was at like I just was in my peace bubble like nobody could penetrate it and um, it was a decent place to be, but um, I feel like people were walking over me a lot. And I, I needed that, right? Sometimes we need those seasons. We need those seasons to be stepped on, which sounds bad, but I've had so many seasons when I've been Brittany the boss. Like, I'm Brittany the boss in every season, actually, um, because that's truly who I am. So for me to take a step back and to allow people to show up, um, in a way that I haven't seen people show up ever in my life was super character building. Um, and it was necessary. I think it was necessary, but it's, it's no longer. It's gone. That time is over. You guys had your time. <laughs> uh, and I had been really, really quiet. Uh, and I really respect it, right? I really, I really respect that, um, that that time happened that it existed that we had the ability 
to get there. And I allow people to have space in my life in areas that I would never allow anyone to have that type of space in my life. So just because that happened, um, I just, I'm just, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm willing and I'm ready to be more vocal. But what got me here was therapy. Um, it woke me back up. It got me out of my like numbness. It got me out of that energy of allowing people to just walk all over me and just stay in my peace bubble. Um, so I just want to say that, like, I want to leave that for us today. I want to talk a little bit about that. Like therapy has been so beneficial to me. Like you guys don't even know the the deaths that I've gone through to get to this point in my life to feel like the woman I am today. And for so long, I did the work on my own. Like I did the spiritual work. Um, I got better. I grew. Um, I was receptive to the criticism. And I understood what decisions I made to get to the point that I am at today. And then I got to a point where I wanted to rebuild, right? I got into a phase of rebuilding. And I just got tired of my own shit. And I think that's the biggest thing right there is to be tired of your own shit and to to acknowledge that. I was recently on uh, Twitter <laughs> or X, you know, it's mama named it Twitter. So that's what we're going to call it. Um, and I saw someone that I enjoy following and they said, I don't know who needs to, to, to see this, but the life that you want is on the side of, is on the other side of all those things that you, that you are afraid to acknowledge and change. Um, and I thought it was a, uh, you know, a real easy way and simple way to say, you know, you need to do the work you need to put the work in, you need to grow, you need to look at your flaws and decide what do you want to work on? Um, and that is, I feel like that's what therapy does. That's what therapy can help you do if you want to get there. Now I can admit, like I was doing a work before I went to therapy. Um, but I did a lot of the work in solitude and doing the work in solitude to me was super beneficial. I grew a lot there because it was quiet and I needed that space. But when I got in front of people, it was difficult for me to navigate because I was still in my peace bubble. So I was allowing people to do things to me that, you know, like you don't allow people to do. And so I had a, a lack of balance within the boundary set because I had boundaries set, but I also had a life to live. So you can set as many boundaries as you want, but there are things in life that you or in, in this hyper capitalist state. If you have a quality of life, a certain lifestyle that you want to live, there are certain sacrifices that you might make um, and deal with certain type of people in order to get to a certain point in your life. And then you have to decide, is that what you really want to do? Is that who you want to be? Is that how you want to show up? Is that your ethical value system? Um, so getting back into, to get into therapy and getting back into the classroom and things like that have allowed me to really look at my ethical value, ethical value system and determine where I am with it and acknowledge, you know, some of my pitfalls on some areas that I have um, suffered, that I haven't met, met the bar, you know, I'm not meeting the bar. I mean, that's okay. You, you, you know, that's, it's normal. Like, like we're not perfect. We need a balance. We need boundaries. We need, if we want to grow, you know? So I'm saying all this to say, um, therapy has really helped me identify some of my, my weaknesses, my strong points, um, my numbness, and really helping me pull myself out of, especially that numb feeling. Um, being numb is interesting. I self-destruct in numbness the same as I self-destruct in in anything. And I think that's something that that I never acknowledged um, until being in therapy because I can blame other people when I'm not reacting in my irrational thought process, but that's not who I am. I usually don't do that. Um, 
And I was always, I always made myself guilty. I was always the guilty person. Like I was always the problematic individual when I reacted to people treating me poorly or doing things to me. When in all actuality, I was reacting to the way someone was treating me. So, you know, um, we have to be careful with the the negative self-talk and also taking embracing other people's thought process when it doesn't truly benefit us in certain situations. I personally am someone that uh, has a lot of empathy for individuals. And when people don't show me any empathy, it really hurts my feelings. And sometimes I react on that. And I had to step back and realize that people don't deserve your empathy um, in every situation. Sometimes you're, you're gaslighting yourself by being so empathetic. And that's what I've learned to do is just to just to use discernment within my empathy as well. So there's so much that comes into therapy for me. Um, I'm getting back my feelings. I'm no longer depending on, you know, for me, for feelings, when I was numb, I was depending on like the past to jolt me back into reality. I was depending on like negative, like things from the past to bring me back, to give me something to, to, to feel. Um, and that was problematic for myself. So there's so many different ways in our numbness that we're reacting and we're responding. But for me, um, I wasn't present as I had thought I was. Like, I thought I was very present in the moment, but I wasn't. I was still living with those past narratives, past stories. But I was so numb that I thought that I was over certain things, right? It's like, okay, I'm over it now. I went through my healing process. Um, now I can move over. I can move on. But when I started trying to move on, I started being blocked by like my past and things that had occurred in my past so I'm saying all this to say that therapy is so beneficial because we can suppress our feelings for so long we can navigate and you know be high functioning and get things done as much as we want I mean as much as you know as much as possible as whatever your your um your will is right your wherewithal but at the end of the day um, your happiness is going to lie in you being honest and truthful within yourself. Um, your happiness is going to really show up at night when there's nobody else to turn to. Um, that is when you really get to determine if you are reaching the goals and if you are satisfied with your day-to-day. And so many of us are not satisfied with our day-to-day when we reach that night period, you know. When we have to numb ourselves to bed, when we have to take plenty of sleep aids and things like that just to get some sleep. Because we've gotten to the point in life where we've navigated, but we haven't navigated it within our happiness and within our troops. Um, and so I'm saying this to say therapy has been so beneficial to me, um, has helped me grow in so many ways, has helped me. Um, unveil who I truly am as a person has helped me stop um, creating a storyline that does not work for me helped me pull back from narratives that are not benefiting me in no way and also helped me pull back from narratives that have been constructed by society and not truly constructed by me um, I know there's a point where when I first bought my house that I could not be happy about it like, I could not be happy about my house because so many people were saying to me, oh, you're buying a house. Okay, now it's time for you to start your family. Um, and for me, it was like, darn, you know, like I'm, I'm successful. I bought me a house and I don't have this family that people keep talking about. But I had to really go back and dig, dig deep. If you knew me like 20, like at 20, 25, I don't, I didn't want a family. Not at all. Like. That is not, that was not my thought process at that time. I just wanted money. Um, now I'm 30 plus. I don't have the family. I have more money. I have my house in a really nice neighborhood. Um, I have, you know, decent um, income streams and things like that. Where this is truly what I was going for. This was what I was desiring the whole time. I wasn't desiring the lifestyle that people keep trying to project on me. 
Now, granted, I love kids. I do want my husband. Um, and I do want these things out of life. But this is not, that was not there those five years ago when I was striving and I was reaching my goals and I was making things happen. And these are people that are coming into my life now that are projecting this energy onto me. And they're, you know, trying to ruin my experience. And, you know, they could be intentional. It could not be intentional. I don't know what people's intentions are. Um, and, and I'm not here to judge. But what I'm here to do is, you know, ensure that my, I'm happy. And the truth of the matter is people will project certain thought processes onto you, certain lifestyles onto you. And you really have to dig deep to determine what, what, what do you truly want. And I know last week I was, you know, really thinking about that because it was the holidays and so many people have pushed, have been projecting onto me of a lifestyle that I should have at the time or that I do need in order to really be fulfilled. And the fact of the matter is, is I'm fulfilled today. Like today, um, my life is great. Today, um, I've reached so many goals and I've, and I've accomplished so much for myself and I'm like successful on a level that I couldn't even imagine being 10 years ago. So therapy is so crucial for your mental health. Um, it might not make help you reach the goals that you want to reach necessarily, but it does help you balance out the things that you're thinking. Um, and it helps you grow as a person. And to me, that's most important. It's growing as a person. Have you all taken those personality tests? The Myers-Briggs personality test. Um, I recently have taken a few of them and I've gotten similar results. Um, I'm not going to share my results because even I didn't believe my results when I first got them. Um, but I think it's important for people to take those personality tests. Um, I, I've taken those tests recently and I took them like a few years ago and a few years ago, I didn't believe my results at all. Taking them recently, not believing my results, talking to my therapist about it and getting her feedback and having an understanding that nine times of 10, this is truly my personality type, um, embracing who I truly am as a person and growing with than me in comparison to who I would want to be. Cause you know, sometimes we have that image, whereas you're a really talkative person and people come at you and they're like, Oh my God, you talk too much. Your goal is like, Oh, I wish I, I talked less. Right. Or if you're someone that it's super energetic and people are like, oh, wow, you have so much energy and they make it seem like it's a bad thing. But, you know, somebody like me, that's a Taurus, you know, I'm an earth sign. Sometimes I'm tired as hell. I'd be like, bro, I wish I had some more energy. And I see people that are like Sag or Leos um, or Aries and they can get really hype at a drop of a dime. And, you know, um, even sometimes Scorpios where they really like can they can they can get an assignment and it'd be done in like two minutes. And me as a Taurus, I'm like, I need to review this. I need to process the information. I need a day to study. Like I, um, you know, there's balances and there's good things. For all of us, there's pros and cons and all of our personality types. Um, but people will project onto you and say, oh, you know, that part of your personality is bad, you know, because they can't do it or they don't have it or, um, I can say even like, for example, I used to consent Pisces people. I thought Pisces people were like terrible individuals. Like, oh my God, Pisces get on my nerves. They're like, they're, they're crazy. They're, um, delusional. They're all over the place. Then I looked at my natal chart and I had so much Pisces energy in there. Uh, and so what I didn't like about Pisces is what I didn't like about myself. Okay. I'm delusional. Sometimes I'm all over the place. <laughs> Sometimes I just can't get it together. And I think that's what people do. They project on to other people the things that they might not like about themselves or what they can't accomplish or what they can't get to. And they make you feel like the person that you are, um, the person that you're born to be, is not good enough. 
Um, or they just don't like you, right? They're jealous of everything that you come with. And for you, that's hard to deal with because people are super jealous all the time. You're like, wait, wait a minute. I struggle. I have issues. Why are you jealous of me? Um, and we get to this place where we want to be liked and we want to be loved. So I say, if you look at your personality type, you might be able to say, you know, screw you. Yeah, this is me. I, I, I probably should change. I can change. I can work on it a little bit. But at the end of the day, this is actually my personality. And I know sometimes I hear people say, this is me and I'm not changing. And it bothers me when people say that. But at the end of the day, they're telling you who you are, who they are. And either you're going to get with it or you're going to get lost. And if you get lost, then, hey, then, you know, probably save them a, a, um, a headache. Because you kept going against the grain on everything that they were trying to accomplish. And you truly didn't like them as a person. So... People are judgmental sometimes because they aren't where they want to be. I know I personally judge people a lot less the more successful I have become. Um, I personally judge people a lot less the more money that I have. I judge people a lot less the more work that I have to do right? because I'm busy. Like, why am I judging people? I'm busy as hell. Um, I judge people a lot less. The more I've been scrutinized. <laughs> um, so I look at it like this. If you are pinpointing little things about me, if you're judging me, if you're um, being nasty and you're just doing all these unnecessary things, then I look at it as maybe you haven't accomplished enough in life. Like maybe you haven't got to the point in life where you're satisfied and that you're getting your satisfaction out of bringing me down because I've gotten to that point in my life where I've accomplished things and you want to reach where I am. And so that's a you problem. It's not a me problem. And it is a lot to deal with. Sometimes you want to go off on these people. You want to give them a piece of your mind. Um, but I don't know how beneficial it is, truly. Truly, how beneficial is that? Truly. Truly. But I don't know, y'all. I mean, therapy is helping me a lot. I think it can help everybody if they really put their mind to it and they want to, or and they have the right therapist. I have a black woman therapist that's around my age. She understands me. She gets what I'm dealing with. And she's living a similar, similar lifestyle, but she's helping me navigate mentally. Like, So she is good for me. And I think that's what you have to do. Find a therapist that's good for you. Because all therapists are probably not going to be beneficial. So I'll definitely say get you some therapy. Self-love is literal. Definitely. People might be projecting energies onto you that you don't need to embrace. And when you want to stay on your straight and narrow, you want to keep your um, discernment intact. You want to have a good balance. Um, therapy can be beneficial. Next week, we might talk about inner child healing a little bit because I do want to do EMDR. That's my goal is to start doing EMDR. I don't know when I'm going to start that. I'm thinking um, like around like March or April, I'll start doing EMDR. Um, I feel like it would be better for like my, my schedule and my finances. So we'll see. Um, let's see. All right, let's talk about the sales tip of the day. Um, we talked about for the productivity tip of delegating. So for the sales tip, let's talk about hiring people that want to see you win. Um, hiring the right people. Now, I've had a few businesses back in the day. Um And let's just say I hire people because of price point and not because of if they were beneficial for my business. And that's something to think about. Now, when you're hiring people online on like these freelance service sites, you're going to get a, a lot of people that are going to take um, your a lower wage either to get experience or they live in a different country and like the dollar 
is um, with the exchange rate very beneficial to them. So they can take a lower wage than what the average minimum wage would be in this country. Still vet these people because some of these people are just still, you know, they have to make money for a living. That's their goal. They may not understand what your goal is and they possibly don't understand if they're from a different country. They may not understand American culture and the quality that's expected within um, within American society as far as like products, marketing, anything of that nature. So keep that in mind. Um, you want to hire people that have a track record. You know, maybe someone that has a portfolio. Um, someone that has some reviews, if you're using like a website like Upwork or Fiverr, um, but you definitely want to try people that are, that you possibly can trust. Now I've hired people off Fiverr recently and they've been okay. Um, I haven't seen much traction like for marketing and things like that. Like in the past, I could hire like four Fiverrs. Uh, individuals like four or five are specialists for marketing and I can see some results from like a product that I'm trying to sell right now I'm not seeing those same results um but recently someone found me on LinkedIn which I thought was interesting and so I'm definitely going to go after this woman and use her for some of my marketing pro uh things that I need but I thought it was cool that she saw someone um that was marketing my material and she's like oh girl whatever they do and I can do it better and she reached out to me via LinkedIn to get it done so I was super happy about that and you can, you're gonna always find some good people to work with um, I've been working online since 2013 and I can say like I was you know good um, working online back in the day so I know that there are some good quality people online that can really help and that really want to see you win. So that should be your goal is to look for people that want to see you win. Um, yeah, for sure. That's what we headed towards. People that want to see us win. I wouldn't not, I would like get a budget together and go towards the budget and not go towards hourly wage. So if I have $500 for marketing a month, then I will probably hire someone that's like middle grade that I know that could get me some traction versus someone that's like new, that's just trying as a beginner that might not know what they're doing at a super low wage because you might be losing money. You know, you're taking a risk on that. So I would say, you know, just be mindful. Um, if you have the $500, try to spend the $500. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. So let's go into sports talk, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched no sports this week. Um, I've been kind of busy. I'm going to have to look at like a, um, I'm going to have to give me a schedule and start planning. Cause I was looking for Memphis cause I wanted to watch John Morant and I didn't really look at his schedule to see when he was going to play. So I'm going to look for, um, Memphis and see when they play because I watched Ja highlights and he dunked on Wimby. I think I talked about that last episode and I was like, okay, I see you out here. And I'm a big fan of Ja. I hate the way they be trying to do his daddy. Um, I feel like if you make it to the league, um, if you get your son to the league, then you that guy. Like, nobody can talk. Same with LeVar Ball. If you get your kids to the league, nobody can talk. Um, I grew up with hood parents. Um, my parents aren't, like, super educated or anything like that. And I'm super successful. My brother is successful. Uh, and I credit my parents for everything that I do. Wherever I go, my parents go, 
um, whatever we talk, <laughs> my parents, you know, they're not using certain type of English, whatever y'all want to talk, whatever y'all want to call it. They're going to speak how they want to speak. Um, same with any of my folks that come through with me. So I don't like all that hate and stuff. Um, people sit up here and talk because you got X amount of dollars that you're supposed to operate in a certain manner. I don't believe in that. I'm definitely a hood baby. I'm all about just being yourself, being authentic. And if T is out here pouring it up, getting wasted, acting a fool, that's his right to do. They got the money. He got floor seats. He out there by himself. I don't know where uh, Ja's sister be at because she don't be down there. I hardly ever see Ja mama, but I just see Ja's daughter sometimes. So, you know, they doing what they need to do for the family. They making it work how the family work. T got Ja to this point. He got um, the sister to this point. They are successful. If you're going to hate, you're going to hate. But all I know is nobody be around me all day and I be like, call 12, call 12. Like, I do that all day long. So I'm a big Ja fan. I'm always calling 12. <laughs> when I feel like uh, a play needs to be made, I'm like, call 12. I don't care. Uh, and I do that all day rag- randomly. Like, I don't care what I'm doing. I can be in my corporate job working on something. And I'm like, okay, I need something to shake. Call 12. And that's just like my go-to these days. Like, um, Ja makes stuff happen. And when you from the hood and you've had certain life experiences, that's how it works for you. Like you just pull stuff out of your bag. Things come in out of nowhere. You don't even know how you got there. It just happens. Um, So I'm a big fan of John Morant. I'm a big fan of the family. I don't care about all that hate and shit that be going on that people be saying, um, you know, haters going to hate, but the proof is in the pudding. When you talented, you talented. And it is what it is. Like black, black people, um, black excellence, um, team Morant for sure. And then with Draymond Green, like he got reinstated. Why? Um, granted, Draymond is from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. He's from Saginaw though. And if you from if you know about Saginaw, if you've ever visited Saginaw, Michigan, and you've like gone to their athletics in high school, you know damn well why Draymond acted the way he acted. Um, Saginaw has always been gritty as fuck. You go to gritty and you watch, I mean gritty, you go to Saginaw and you watch a basketball game there, uh, you gonna be like holding your coat and holding everything that you have with you together, like in your seat. Um, it'd be like wall to wall jam packed. Basketball is like the way of life out there. Like they don't play no games. Like everybody in that joint, in them, in them gyms, watching them games, betting on them games and making stuff happen. So Draymond, no, you know, and it's in him and ain't on him. He got to make stuff happen on that court. And you play dirty, you play how you play, you know, it's going down. That's just what it is. And when you're from these areas, when you're from these parts, and you've depended so heavily on basketball, on sports, on athletics, whatever the case may be, then you understand where Draymond is coming from. I do not condone the violence that Draymond displays on the court at all. I believe that it is problematic. I believe that it is an issue. I do not think that it only stops on the court. To be honest, I feel like, you know, Draymond probably needs some counseling because of childhood and all this other stuff. Who knows? Don't want to project all of that energy onto you, Draymond. My apologies, but I'm going to put that out there that perhaps you might need to just go and get some therapy or something because, the shit that you've been displaying on the court has been crazy, bro. Like, what are we doing? Like, really? And the fact that you got reinstated and there hasn't been any information that comes out about how we're going to make these changes. Like, what are we going to see coming forward? Like, come on now. Let's be realistic. I don't want to see anybody getting injured because Draymond is a fucking loose cannon. Um, and I think that the pool boy deserves a better apology from um the warriors for sending him away um because obviously he wasn't the problem because he got punched how did y'all sit up here and trade him that's crazy and he's not enjoying himself i just don't think um the nba is is nba right now like what are they doing ever since they did that bullshit to Kyrie, 
nobody is messing with the NBA. Like, let's be realistic. Y'all are just just messing up. Call 12, though. You know, if you need something, just call 12. Call 12. All right. So we're going to get into the X talk. X talk. Black Twitter. Black Twitter. X talk. Um, Granted, I don't even know what's going on on Twitter this week because I've been slammed. I've been doing so much work, y'all. Like, being busy is it's for the rich bitches. Like, that's what I'm considering. Like, that's how I'm that's how I'm putting it out there. Like, if you busy, you know, it's for the rich girls. My man, my man, my man will let you know that, you know, my nickname is Rich and Fine. Uh, <laughs> that's what he called me. And it is, like, really, like, no joke. Like, I don't know. But anyways, X-Talk. What do I have here for X-Talk? Oh, yeah, Haley Bailey. She just had a baby. Haley just had a baby with DDG. You know, DDG from Pontiac. I'm from Pontiac. Burr, burr. Turn us up. Turn us up. Um, Shout out to DDG and Haley Bailey for their uh, newborn. I think his name is Halo. Um, I am so impressed by her for keeping her baby on the low. Um, so many people were trying to argue with me, like, she's not pregnant. I'm like, clearly that girl is pregnant. Why is she wearing them big ass clothes? Nobody's going to do that just to do it. Um, but I enjoyed the fact that she told everybody, fuck you. I'm going to announce my pregnancy when I want to. I think that was super important for her. Um, I'm glad that as a young woman, she was able to have this moment for herself, um, I hate that Chloe and her um, have this like level of separation right now. I think that that's probably truly difficult for them um, after they've been so close. But I guess it was great that um, Haley went and did the Cinderella movie and they you know separated at that time. And you know with a man like DDG, he's from Pontiac. Um, Pioneer guys don't really play those games. Like, you get cuffed. Like, I was engaged when I was, like, 18. As soon as I turned 18, like, my 18th birthday, my boyfriend bought me a ring. So, like, we are a, a really small town um, <laughs> that is, like, super relationship-driven. <clears throat> um, everyone knows everyone, and that's just how we have – that's what, how we come up. Um and so I'm sure DDG didn't waste no time. He knew what he wanted. He went after what he wanted. And I know that when he had those problems with that little hater girl, Ruby Rose, um, I understood that that was the assignment, you know, lock this in. Either we're going to get married or we're going to have a baby. Um, and him dealing with Blueface and his toxic ass probably told him right away, like, go ahead and have a baby because him, her and Krishan obviously got pregnant around the same time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, plenty of guys are not wrapped too tight. Uh, Haley seemed to be homeschooled. So she probably just didn't have a lot of experiences and her and DDG probably were a great balance for each other. I'm sure, or are a great balance for each other. I hope, um, that they make it long term. Um, and even if they don't, she has a great family influence behind her with DDG's family. Um, they come from one of the largest families in Pontiac. Girl, you got a whole bunch of family now if you marry DDG. Um, so I'm in, I'm proud of them. I'm happy for them. And shout out to them. Um, oh, the other thing that has broke the internet is Cat Williams. He went the fuck in on them comedians. I actually haven't watched the episode. I've just been seeing the clips. The episode is like two and a half hours. I probably have to do that. Like, I gotta be super bored to sit down and just watch that for two and a half hours. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm gonna do it though. Um, I might do it. I don't know. I might do it. I ain't gonna say I'm gonna do it. I might do it. How about that? So, yeah, Cat Williams went in. He broke the internet. People are acting crazy. And I just feel like comedians. Well, how about this? I'm one of those people where I don't go for none of that, like, hype shit. Like, if you a hype beast, I'm not going for it. 
Steve Harvey rubbed me the wrong way with hyping up Lori Harvey. That's really that's not even his daughter. Like I, me and my dad, we think it's Steve's. Like that's my guy. I'm really his daughter. Um, if my dad married a woman, gave that girl the last name, and he went around acting like she was his daughter, I would be like, dude, what are you doing? That's not your daughter. Like, that's your, like, stepdaughter. What? Why did she even have your last name? Stuff like that is strange. So I'm not a big fan of that with Steve Harvey. Um, and then when they did the uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper and the Steve Harvey show and they compared it, and I was like, oh, my God, I used to love hanging with Mr. Cooper. So the fact that Steve Harvey did a reboot of the Mr. Cooper show, that was crazy to me. Um, and it wasn't nearly as good as Mr. Cooper because to be honest, if it wasn't for Cedric the Tainer, Cedric the Entertainer and, uh, LaVita, the show wouldn't have been as good. Steve Harvey was just, uh, and, uh, and his girlfriend, I think Steve had, his girlfriend was Regina. Um, yeah, if he wouldn't have had her. If it's his girlfriend, the show would not had nearly been as good. So I don't know, y'all. That was crazy to me. I'm with Cat Williams, so turn it up, Cat. I'm I'm a Cat Williams all day long. People always want to sit up here and play me for a sucker and want to sit up here and and uh, act like I'm not who I am and I'm not getting what I'm getting. And Cat is that guy. Everybody came out and said that he had been giving people money. He had been doing all these things on the low and he still got his bread. I won't, I won't, um, forget that cat. I believe he was dating Hazel E at a point in time. Who the fuck dates Hazel E? So, I mean, cat Williams isn't like, no, no, like super like loser. I mean, he, he gets bitches. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan. And my apologies, y'all. I've been using a lot of swear words this episode. But, you know, I actually do curse. Um, just not as much as I've been cursing today. So, I'm going to lay off the curse words in the future. Um, but, yeah. It's been um, It's Little the Pod with your girl, Brittany. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. If not, you know, I'll see you next week. Might be better. I laid off the cannabis. I'm not you know, on the tequila tonight. So I hope it's a lot more clear, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I'll be back having a tequila episode though. I've been fighting for my life with that tequila. So, you know, I'm going to bed early tonight. Um, I'm just super excited about life y'all. And I hope y'all are too. It's literally the pot. I holla. <laughs>